Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey, After Buzzers, welcome to the Sharp Objects After Show. We are talking about episode five, Closer. And this episode was all about beautiful ivory floors, ecstasy, and a whole lot of Southern pride. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz So we're listening to this lovely song. I think it's Palante. I was played during the episode, and you are watching the Sharp Objects After Show. As always, I'm Leslie Powers. I'm joined by my lovely co-host, ladies. Carolina Benetti. Hi, I'm Heather Geisler. And I know we have a lot of people in the live chat, so if you're not in there already, Heather is going to be running that. So please join us. We're so excited. And stay tuned, because later on we have our special segment, The Feminist Chronicles, and we're going to be talking about Margaret Burke White, who is a female journalist, and sounds like she's a pretty big badass, so you want to stay tuned for that. And we also have some news about behind the scenes with director Jean-Marc Ballet, and how Amy Adams apparently thought she was a bad actor. Yes, you heard me correctly. (laughs) I know you can't believe it. Um, But stay tuned, join us in the live chat, like us, subscribe to us, um, and if you're on iTunes, give us that five-star rating. So ladies... We're almost yes. done with this series. No, That's crazy. We only have three episodes left. I know. What were some initial thoughts about this episode? Carolina, you want to kick it off? Yeah, I was really blown away by this episode because we saw so much character development. Mm-hmm. It was the first time that we really saw Emma and Camille have like real sibling rivalry and real moments that I guess are relatable. I'm an only child, so I'm always trying to figure out sibling dynamics. Yeah. And uh, man, just so many revelations into Adora's past with Camille and how she treated her almost not like her own child really really threw me for a loop I knew it was bad but it was bad (laughs) yeah I really loved a lot of the scenes this episode even though we didn't get much um about the case Mm -hmm. but Calhoun Day was crazy yes (laughs) and uh yeah, yeah I felt like I um, I agree with you that we saw a lot of the character development. So yes, I feel like we might not it. ever know about the case. I know. <laughs> like, okay, but the we'll show find has out about. Told. I thought it was about the case, not yeah. about the case. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll know all about bad parenting. Yes, we'll know what not to do as parents. <laughs> apparently, is what they're teaching us. On I, I will say though, I really yeah. like the opening scene. It was so fun and lighthearted. Like the girls in their costumes in the um, yeah. roller skates just on the porch. I was like, this is so sweet. It's the most uplifting, positive thing I've seen in this show mm-hmm. since the beginning. Yeah. I, lo- I love the roller skating. I'd be really curious what Jean-Marc Vallée is. If that's in the book or not. Do you remember if that's in the book, Heather? Uh, the roller don't skating? Remember. I'm curious. Anybody mm-hmm. in the live chat, if the roller skating was. Because it's such an intimate a question. part. Do you roller skate? I have roller, I roller blade, but I feel like roller skating is harder than roller can blading. Can you roller skate? Yes, I can. <laughs> Do you want to something? I need to see roller this. in Glendale. Yes. Yeah. We should go. Yes. Share some bonding and, photos with everyone. In honor of you, Emma and Camille. I can't. So I'll be there as the comedic relief, but I can ice skate. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that works. Mm-hmm. I can't I, roller I know. skate, but the, I can ice skate. The roller blade is easier. I don't know. I can't do that either. I'm really good at ice skating. Yeah. Can't roller blade or skate. Well, now you know all of our skills. You learned <laughs> all of our skills individually. So I want to talk first about this article that Camille wrote because she was writing it in the episode last mm-hmm. week. And yeah. then apparently 
now it's out in the open. And so her editor seems to be happy. He's like, it's blowing up, but I need more about the town. And she's kind of peering outside like, well, that's not going to be hard because mm-hmm. I have crazy Confederates right. in my yard right now. <laughs> um, but apparently the article talked a yeah. lot about the locals and how, you know, everyone's kind of suspecting it's a local that did mm-hmm. the murders. Do you guys think that was pretty, like, bad on Camille's part to out them like that? I think she was just mm-hmm. doing her job. Yeah. yeah, she was just doing her job and everyone really latched on to... The truth, John yeah. Keen and Bob Nash. Yeah, yes. It's they really are emphasizing just these two guys, and obviously, we see them fighting later. But um, yeah, I think Camille is just doing her job, and I really liked seeing more of the relationship between her boss and her. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was endearing that he calls her Cubby, like you're doing so great, Cubby. Uh, and you. he, you know, she had. A- Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. A panic attack this episode and she was really freaking out like I need to come home mm-hmm. and I like that she has someone to turn to that you know calms her down and Same is page. the voice of reason yeah I felt mm-hmm. like it must be so nice even if she doesn't realize it to have someone who loves her in her corner because yeah. she never got that from her mother so mm-hmm. I felt that he really took her on as a father figure calling her cubby coaching Absolutely. her through things trying to help because at first I was like alright buddy you're not Dr. Phil stop trying to solve her problems but now as everything develops it makes me really second guess their relationship and maybe he's actually mm-hmm. a steady figure that she needed mm-hmm. and you see that yeah. when the article is released you see more of her new dynamics in life with her her co-worker her mm-hmm. boss yeah what do we think about him because my, my husband's like what's up with the silent wife who like just always like kind of she's had her two cents to say. that's what i said i was like i feel like she said stuff but i, I think he's sick because it looked like he was in the hospital last right episode. yeah i thought maybe he was getting a blood transfusion or chemotherapy something, something like that which but, could yeah. also have mm-hmm. spurned him on to want her to fix thing because maybe he thinks he's dying yeah like and he's, he's afraid that she's going to be alone if he passes yeah. exactly that's what i that's, I, that's smart, what i yeah. think it's like he's like go make amends with your family because mm-hmm. i might not be around forever mm-hmm. i definitely hear that so um Emma was also not happy about this article so do we think she was more mad that camille didn't like run it by her or talk to her about it because she's like oh it basically mm-hmm. says when gap kills their kids and how how dare you not tell me about it i actually had more of a selfish impression of it i thought that Emma reacted the way that she did because she didn't know about it first because mm-hmm. her like friends text yeah. it to her and yeah. she's been like my sister's so cool it's my right, sister my yeah. cool sister and then it's like my cool sister is so cool I was in the dark <laughs> she wants to be the one <laughs> she did not appreciate we're not that. as close as I thought she wants to be the one to tell her friends about it yeah. she doesn't want to be hearing about it from her friends yeah, yeah. she wants to be the alpha dog in mm-hmm. that sense like oh, I can't believe all these people are sending it to me she felt yeah. like Camille took her power out of her friend group and I felt that that's where the like nasty dynamic developed yeah. that she was like jabbing her with. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I didn't I didn't actually I didn't think about that power thing, but they keep talking about power, so 
it's a good it's a good theme for the show. Emma mm-hmm. is cut from the same tree as Adora, oh, man. Yeah. Big time, big time. And then Jackie, who's turning out to be my favorite character Ooh, in the show. I know, I love her glances. She's just, and, she's great, and she's just she's beautiful. She's aged that well. Elizabeth uh-huh. Perkins, I just could watch her all day. But she says um, at Calhoun Day, she you know to give a little jab to Adora. She's like, oh, have you read Camille's article yet? I thought it was honest and refreshing. And mm-hmm. So I feel like there's like a very like love hate relationship between yeah. this Jackie woman and Adora. Like yeah. mm-hmm. she's she, like save some alcohol for the rest of us. Yeah, <laughs> like she wants to be invited over, but yeah. she wants to talk crap about her too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That was interesting. Um, but Adora's yeah. talked about that in the past before too. That she knows that those women just talk crap mm-hmm. about her when she's sure. not there. She knows. She's There's, aware. There, yeah. To me, in this episode, there was such an underlying tension between between Jackie and Adora, mm-hmm. which I'm like, where is that coming from? Yes. What yes. don't we know? Like, what are the secrets? Well, what we do know, and what we do have secrets to uh, (laughs) reveal on other shows, Carolina is going to tell us about. Cool. I'll jump (laughs) right in there. Hey, After Buzzers. Our network produces after shows for nearly all your favorite TV shows, from dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more. There is no network that works harder to serve television fans. But we need your help. So we're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. And by subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you. And you'll help AfterBuzz continue to grow. So if you're worried about pesky notifications, don't be. Because they're optional. So hit the subscribe button for this channel. And check out our other AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. Let us know you did so in the comments. And then we'll thank you right here on the air. For now, thanks for being the best fans and for helping us be the ESPN of TV Talk. Yay. Yes, thank, thank you. Guys. Is there anybody you want to shout yes. out right now? That they're in the live Let's chat? shout out some live chatters. It is so lively today. Thank Yay. you, everyone who is in there. Uh, speaking about Jackie, Bex Mon says, "Yeah, Jackie seems like a piece of the puzzle they haven't uncovered." Mm-hmm. I like that. And to go back really quick about the chemo, we have uh, Anonima Apilla says, currently went to chemo, and Brenda GP says, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was getting chemo in the last episode. So I think we're all on the same page about that. Yeah, he's definitely sick. So one last thing with the article that I want to note is that John Keane's girlfriend um, seemed to not be happy Mm -hmm. that her stuff Mm -hmm. didn't make it in. And I was trying to rack my brain on, like, what specifically she, she told Camille that she really wanted in the article, and I couldn't, I couldn't remember, like what, like, juicy gossip or anything. Right. Or anything. Well, maybe she was painting John in that mm-hmm. picture saying, oh, people think because he's sensitive that he's guilty, but he's not. Right. I felt like, yeah, that's a good point. But yeah. I felt like she just wanted to be in the article. And she wanted a little bit yeah. of the limelight. Okay, that's, that makes That's sense. my impression. See, I took it as she wanted to control the narrative. Yeah, maybe. Because she very much invited Camille into her home, told her version of events, let her, gave her access to John, and then kind of painted the picture that she wanted presented. So when that wasn't even in the article, I think she was a bit enraged because she wanted to control the narrative and she didn't have that voice. Everyone just wants control in this town. And she seems very bitchy. And also, (laughs) Chief Vickery was... I'm telling you, I'm sticking by it. It would looks. not surprise me if she's actually involved in these girls' deaths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, the whole cheerleader mm-hmm. uniform is really just bugging me. Yeah. <laughs> Surprised she didn't show up again. Yeah, she's like, I just want to be like, I'm not ready. <laughs> well, Chief Vickery also wasn't happy about it. And, you know, he said to Detective Willis, like, there are things you don't know about Camille. Like, like good tree, bad mm-hmm. apple. Yeah. So that brings us into the next subject of the tree being a Dora. <laughs> 
And the apple being Camille. <laughs> oh, Adora's the whole plantation, never mind the tree. I know, she's like she sitting pretty on that Fabulous. <laughs> she is fabulous. I have to say, I loved her dress this episode. Mm-hmm. It was like perfectly little butterflies, mm-hmm. like embroidered. It was, it was gorgeous. It was. I actually I, really like Camille's dress. I thought she looked so nice with the hat. Did. I wanted to find something actually yeah. about the costume design. I'm going to keep looking out for that because yes. I want to talk about that, but I haven't found anything yet. It's be- maybe I, I a mean, little insight into the costume designs. So. I thought they all looked like beautiful mm-hmm. southern bells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was really seeing a lot more of the... I was like, oh, Camila looks good southern. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she, it, like, she doesn't <laughs> she look bad. I liked her. I, yeah, no, I liked her. I thought she, she looked look very bad. nice. Yeah. So the big scene in the middle of the episode was the dressing room scene. And this is Adora trying oh. to find something for Camille to wear because she's like, I'm going to wear all black to this Calhoun Day celebration, which is like a southern pride festival and Adora's like, uh-uh, no, no, no. Which Camille you, calls a barbecue. Oh, yeah, Camille's like, it's a barbecue. It's a barbecue. It's not a barbecue. Yeah. Do you mind if I take it back to the beginning with um, Adora and Camille when she's arguing with her about the dress yeah. before the dressing room? So what I thought was interesting about that was the dynamic between the three women. We haven't really seen that much of it, minus that one really creepy dollhouse scene where it looked like Emma was having something injected into her. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I so in this one, they're like she's like mama I need her to read the lines with me no yes no mm-hmm. and it's just like a whole sibling rivalry that seems really natural and like something that parents would deal with yeah. with like an older and a younger child and then it kind of like redresses to what Camille is wearing and like oh this is like a burning house I need to put it out <laughs> my god let's get out of here and fix this help her um, which I thought was cool because it was almost more of like just the nagging normal mom mm-hmm. that most people yeah. deal with I agree. I feel like she was just like, we go, like the going shopping, that's what I kept thinking. Like them in the car going shopping and like, okay, well, let's go get something for you to wear. Felt like, oh, this is how maybe it was in the early days with Marion and her and that Yeah, with the music and just driving there, going on an errand. It felt like the most normal nuclear family that we've seen. Yeah, Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I liked seeing that because it felt, like you said, normal. Like, you know, we forgot about everything that's really going on in the town is just a family, mm-hmm. you know, some women who want to go get a new dress. Granted, you know, there's reasons for yes, that. Yes, and for Calhoun <laughs> And then it went to hell and, uh, in, a, in high water. Is that the saying? Hell, hell in a handbasket? Hell in a handbasket. <laughs> <laughs> that's very Southern uh, saying. Went to hell in wait, a handbasket. I, I was trying to remember what it was. I yeah. did like that Adora said, girls only. Did you hear that, Alan? Yeah, and he sits in the car with his, like, like, National Geographic it. magazine, like, so Which, sad. poor Alan, he also had a very, like, nice moment with... Adora. Uh, Adora at the very top of the episode, and then it was like, yeah, and we're done. Yeah, yeah. she's like, for zipping my dress. We're done. Exactly. Thanks for saying I look very nice. submissive. We're done. God. So yeah, we're in the dressing room, and the person who's running the store like brings all these like strappy options for Camille to try on, and she knows, and we all know, obviously, she can't wear that because of her scars. But I, I think maybe Adora didn't know how bad it was until she kept being like, just I don't have time for this. I just want to see the dress, and then mm-hmm. Camille, I think, out of spite and fear, like ripped open the dressing room curtain to reveal her like right. out of pure rage yes. and she had no Strange. choice because she didn't have any other yeah. clothes to oh yeah did adora took her clothes off or was it right? emma i, I thought, thought emma. it was emma too that's like a jerk move i was like that's emma still being vindictive that's like a little sister dick move right yeah there. it's the that's I mean, what i was, the the I was yeah <laughs> Which is Can funny. I say that on air, Tony? Which is funny, we though. We did now. Because <laughs> Emma talks about being mature, and she wasn't friends with the other girls in the end because they're still playing with tents in the woods and things like that. Yes. But 
Emma does these little childish things as well. You know, she's a little girl trying to play. Well, yeah, don't, and she yeah. still wants, you know, at the end of the day, she wants her sister, like, to be her mm-hmm. sister. I think she still, like, has that desire. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we see all these cuts, which is crazy. Like, I have to know from behind the scenes, like, how Ooh, wow. How do they do that to her? I wonder I if mean, a lot how? of it's CGI or... Yeah, interesting. Ma- it could be makeup. I mean, I've seen a lot of makeup artists put yeah. scars, scars on actors. Yeah. That's just a lot of time That's in the just chair. a lot of work. I'd be, be curious to know how much time she spent in mm-hmm. the chair. But I mean, there's only a... Sorry. I, sorry. I was just going to say, though, the only good news is that we don't normally see her undress. I was so. going to say that, yeah. True. So it's not normally they we, just everything. They just do it a couple times, yeah. it seems like. Yeah. So when when Adora sees her, she says, oh, my God, you're ruined. And I thought that was so awful. Oh, my so God. Awful. I actually teared up at that. I started to, mm-hmm. I had, like, a couple tears run down my face because it, it hit me so hard. Mm-hmm. Yes. To be so emotionally damaged that you cut yourself and then your mother sees how far you've taken the damage, and she goes, you did that out of spite towards me. Yeah. You've, you're ruined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How rude. And Not she, rude. How yeah. damaging. And she's our, and she already mentioned earlier, like, when they got to the store and the, the woman running the store hadn't met Camille yet, she was mentioned the, the father, so the how father... Did she meet Camille? The woman who runs the store, I guess, was like, who's this lovely... Oh, and she was I like, oh... She gets her coloring from her father. And, yeah. And then in the dressing room says your father was all spite and that's that's who he was. Like that's how what Yeah, she we got heard a from. lot about her, her father, father. Yes. even though we don't really know who he is. But Yes, we don't know who he is. Kind of another mysterious figure. Oh, I can't wait to hear more. Out there, yeah. And then Emma, when they get home, you know, I think Emma really did feel bad. She didn't know. You know, she mm-hmm. when she took the clothes, she didn't know what would happen. And so she says the, my friend does is like you and does that to herself basically she said and she says the cut's already there and the knife just lets it out mm-hmm. do you know what That's so interesting i actually wrote to myself i was like i don't know if i believe her anymore who I, emma emma yeah her scene with camille mm-hmm. like post the cutting like finding out that her sister's a serious cutter yeah and, and why ask her to stay in the very next breath i felt like it was another manipulation tactic. Mm-hmm. Like the way Emma has described that she manipulates her mother into thinking that she's a sweet girl. I feel like she's trying to do the same thing to Camille. Oh, yeah. I no longer trust the words that come out of this girl. I, yeah. I don't trust her either. Like, <laughs> same page. I, I want to believe her. Yeah. And Mm-mm. she's such a great actress, you know? And so I'm be- I am believing the character when she's saying that she's sorry. But I'm like, but no, it's Emma. She's no, yeah, like, I believe I the character. Yeah. I was like, I don't trust her. She's, she's, a, so she's good, a mind. Though. She's a mind F word. Because yes. <laughs> I can't figure her out. She's a, yeah, I can't figure her out because she does ask her to stay because you can tell that Camille's packing her bags and she's like, you know what? I'm out of here. This I've revealed reason? so much. Because I think she's just revealed too much. I think her mother is now mm. seeing how bad it is and she's rem- and that's why she calls her editor and she's like I'm a bad person and mm-hmm. he's like no you're decent and she mm-hmm. says she feels like a bad person mm-hmm. when she's there with her mother so yeah. and then she wants to leave but like you're saying well, Emma tries to convince her to stay she hates about herself come to her mind you know what she did in that town what she did with those boys like what she did with herself with her body the choices that she made I feel like all of it drowns her yeah so when she says I'm a bad person I'm not decent I think she meant she's like not quote unquote normal whatever people's like ideology of normal is where you put the dress on and you have the one boyfriend and you don't cut yourself Mm -hmm. and you have this little cookie cutter life and she's not cookie cutter no but she takes that as a negative into herself and you see it in the expression on her body with all the cuts on her skin yeah yeah a lot of you know negative 
words and everything. So. Which I've got some words on that later from Gillian Flynn herself. Is it Gillian mm-hmm. or Gillian? Gillian. From Gillian, Gillian. Finn, Finn I was like herself. Second guessing that. I, was like, oh, I, I think it's Gillian. 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 So we're we now are on to Calhoun Day. <laughs> Calhoun Day. I love the, the every time I hear Calhoun, I think of the Notebook. Am I alone? No, here? no. Oh my God, no Calhoun. No Calhoun. Oh gosh, the Notebook. Let's just take a totally second. different topic. Can we do uh, an after show about on? the Notebook? Just bring it back up. Just take it back oh, up. Amazing, 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 amazing. That movie is. Um, so I love that Detective Willis talks about Calhoun Day like. He's like, oh, it's like silent racism because it's like just like yeah. so many Confederate. Because he flags. said Confederate, yeah. and she goes, "We don't say the c word yeah. around these <laughs> That's parts. Right. We don't say and the goes, c word." Right, silent racism. I'm glad that everybody is aware of that. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, we learn a little bit of backstory on Calhoun Day because Detective Willis basically asks, and Camille, you know, tells him what it's about, and it's like this terrible story of this woman who would not give up. Her husband, and so she was essentially like raped by all these Union soldiers, and and she refused to talk. And that was supposed to be baby, yeah, lost her baby, and that was supposed to be like Mm -hmm. a pride thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like Millie Calhoun was supposed to give up the info on her husband, yeah, and where he was. She was very loyal, and that was the whole message. Right, the end, and that's what we celebrate <laughs> today. Is just a woman getting raped by yeah. multiple men, miscarrying, like, but she didn't say where he was. What a hero! I know well, exactly what a hero. She endured pain, but does that feel like kind of the like metaphor for the town? Like, oh, yeah, like, just these women Who can getting... endure the most pain for the men yeah. too. I feel like all of them are just like in this cycle of pain. Sorry, I'm running yeah. off on a tangent. No, that's, not, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> So everybody at the Calhoun Day, I feel like, is just talking about other people. Like, the la- the older ladies are talking about Adora, and it's like, oh, there's our host, and she's the queen of everyone, come mm. to my house, but nobody, come please inside. come in. No, yes. nobody come inside. Come to my house, but not really. Yeah. I don't, Stay outside. I don't really want you here. And then Jackie makes this comment that I love saying, those Krellen girls sure like their boys with badges. Yeah, I wrote what, that one down, mm. too. What do you guys think that means? Because we already see a lot of Chief Vickery and Adora, we've already That's seen that leading up to this. Super vindicated in yeah. my assumption about mm-hmm. the affair. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not the only one who got home. So I was, I was trying to also make um, a connection between Amma and somebody, but I didn't quite figure oh, out that link. Yeah. Well, I think mm-hmm. she sometimes looks at Detective Willis yeah. like maybe like an authority. Yeah, because she's like you know? Dickie and yeah. Camille sitting mm-hmm. in a tree or whatever. She said maybe she's mm-hmm. got a crush. I still haven't ruled the teacher out. Oh yeah, so Mr. Mm-hmm. Lacey's there, and he has an interesting moment. That's a different type of government badge. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. He has this weird like interaction with Camille, and there's a f- quick flash. If you seriously blinked, you missed it. Of them when they're younger in the yeah. woods, and so, which made me think yeah. he was one of the football players. Oh yeah, and that's why she stood so far from him. Did you notice the distance? Yeah. And her whole demeanor looked like uh, the the blood rushed from her face mm-hmm. when she had to talk to him. Yeah, it was like she felt very um, defensive, like, clenched, and yeah, yeah, like tightened up. And she was like, "Well, it's good to see you." And he's like, "I've been thinking about you." I'm like, mm-hmm. "Damn, what did Camille do to these boys <laughs> back then?" Like they. She was a popular girl mm-hmm. in that sense. But that's what I think Chief, uh, Chief Vickery meant by like telling Detective Willis, you don't know her. Like, you mm-hmm. don't know. There's a lot that you don't know. Maybe because she wasn't with just one guy. So she was always the unattainable girl. And that's the big, like, secret in a way. Because yeah. she was 
Was she slutty? Like, I was she? Yeah, like, girl, I think like, we yeah. picked up on that, like, a while ago. Like, she got around, but she didn't, like, commit to any one person. Do you I know what I mean? I picked up I on never, that. I never had that. that? No. I never had that impression. Yeah. I that she was slutty? Yeah, I never got that impression. And also when she said, like, I don't do boyfriends. I don't think mm-hmm. she's I, slutty. I think that she has sex without any attachment. Yeah, and she makes that clear. Yeah, she oh, had, well, like a lot of sex with no attachment, but not in the like I can get it, but in like this. I thought you were talking about when she was younger. No, I'm talking oh. about when she was younger because okay. I think it started after her sister died. Okay, but we don't have actual it, proof of that, right? No, that's what I mean, I'm. That's what I'm right. wondering if they're it's like just, everybody okay. in the town is alluding that she was like a bad girl in that right. sense, right? Or are they just saying there's stuff you don't know mm-hmm. about her, but not relating to her sexual? Right. Well, I thought that the whole story about the the wood area was that was that big revelation she told him. Yeah, and she obviously is very turned on by all those bondage pictures we mm-hmm. talked about. So there, I think there is something with her sexuality that we just don't yeah. find Whoa, out. Whoa, that shack yeah. is so close to their house. Hello. Yeah. 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 That was... Okay, we'll come back to... I'm putting a pin mm-hmm. in that. We're coming back to yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't... Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I definitely want to bring that back up. So... I felt the vomit a little in the back of my throat when I realized how close that shack is to their house. I thought they were driving out to it in the middle of the woods, and this was like some kind of like a bike trip that her and her sister took. No, it's they, right there. They probably just took some flashlights mm-hmm. <laughs> through the woods. Eebie-jeebies <laughs> all also around. Also how quick she is to just make a break for it and go to the cabin. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. And Well, uh, maybe they take the golf cart out because remember they crashed, uh, Emma crashed the golf mm-hmm. cart into I the mean, rose bushes. Either way, it is way too close to yeah. their house. Oh, for, so how creepy. has that not been burned down? How does their yeah. mother not know about it? Mm-hmm. Uh, see, I don't know. Maybe what she does knows. know about it. And that's what the, I, thought I don't about. see Adora walking into the woods. <laughs> Adora is crazy. Her, her embroidered dress. No. Well, Adora at this this was an interesting scene when um, the chief and his wife walked up and said hello to Adora, mm. and there was like, I feel like Chief Vickery like dropped his arm or something, like didn't put his arm around his wife anymore. No, he didn't. I, didn't I noticed notice. that. Yeah, because yeah. he was like, and then his wife was like, "You look beautiful as yeah. always." That was sad. Yeah. Do you think she knows that there's some history between them? No, girl. Yeah, she seems pretty. I I think blind. she's in the dark Obvious. purposely. Yeah. Love is blind. <laughs> yes. Don't be blind. You got to tell him bye. Commit gonna, or quit. I'm gonna make him bacon every morning, and that's my duty, and that's all I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got a lot of flack for. I'd make that myself bacon. Last oh, really? Watch him mm-hmm. like, so who? Where were you last night? Yeah. This is all mine until you start answering. Yeah. Why did we get flagged for the bacon? Uh. The comments about the oh, South yeah. and people were mad that we didn't appreciate her making him breakfast. <laughs> yeah. No, I do. I just feel like yeah. his arteries are gonna like. Yeah, <laughs> close I think we out. were misunderstood a little bit. No, yeah. I was just saying like that is a that is a damn good Southern breakfast to have yeah. every morning, and I'm surprised he hasn't had our. Oh, well, people yeah. were mad because they were like, "That's an American breakfast. Right. You can find eggs and <laughs> bacon true. anywhere. Stop yeah. being so anti." And right. I was like, "Look, I speak for the whole panel when I say I think all of us here think it's really sweet to cook your significant other oh, breakfast. Mm-hmm. We think that that's beautiful. Yeah, whether you're making it or having it made for you. But in that instance, we felt that she's repressed, and that's like one of her avenues of expression to try and mm-hmm. connect with her husband. And it's really yeah. sad that he. He's totally cheating on her. Well, just yeah, it just seemed very uh, routine, and that she right, was doing right. the, like yes. feeding him all day long yes. while he was right. longing for somebody else. And in our defense, can... I watched an hour-long panel with uh, Gillian Flynn and the entire cast, and she did say that this is a Southern Gothic novel, and she is she is commenting on Southern culture and other areas, oh. not just the South, also other areas that she feels are kind of like encapsulated in a moment in time, and they haven't moved forward. 
Um, so that that's something, and I'll I'll share it with you guys in the comments. But we were just picking up on what the author herself had written, and it's in an interview, so you guys can watch it. And please, like, angry tweet her because we are just the messengers. Yes, sorry. Glad guys. we could clear that up. Sorry, thanks everyone. We appreciate you watching. We do. We do really appreciate it. Yes, <laughs> wait. I love all the comments. I, yes. Any any good conversation can be had. And, and, and I lived in the south. Them. I lived in Nashville. Same. So I, I, Not yes. Nashville. I lived in Virginia. But yeah. Yeah, that's that's a little more southern. Nashville is like. <laughs> Not as Southern anymore. So Adora takes Detective Willis inside the house, and I couldn't decide if she was doing this, like, to spite Camille, mm-hmm. um, because she keeps seeing Camille talk to him, and it's like, oh, no, is she going to fall for, like, a detective type like I did, maybe? Because mm-hmm. we don't really know yet what happened with Chief Vickery I just feel like Adora mm-hmm. is a meddler. Yeah, she's like, wait a second, yeah. I need to pick your brain, det- you know, detective, and she's very sweet to him. Control. Yeah. She wants him on her side. There's nothing sweet about Adora. Yeah. This is an act. But I feel like she wanted to show off the house to him. Mm -hmm. Like, big city boy, let me show you, like, the history behind this land and this house. And I thought it was really Mm -hmm. cool. I was like, I want to learn all about this. I thought it was really cool. I mean, she had these ivory floors. Mm -hmm. She's like, that's before we knew what the I actually really like the... Uh, wallpaper where oh, it was yes. hand painted on the silk, which I thought was mm-hmm. really cool. From Paris, she says. Yeah. From Paris, of course. So she, so after she gives him this tour, she kind of dives into Camille and says, she's a rare rose, but not without thorns. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there's another warning. Chief Vickery warning one, Adora warning two. I thought Adora liked her roses with thorns. I know, because... So. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, but they pricked her in her hand, and she exactly. still acts like she's in so much pain. You girls made me bleed. <laughs> I just feel like Adora does not know how to love Camille, and anytime it looks like Camille might have like an inkling of happiness, she swoops in to ruin it. Yeah, I think she wanted. I think she wanted Camille to see her with mm-hmm. him. Like, oh, I'm charming him. Let me mm-hmm. go, like me more. Take my side. Yeah, yeah tell we, him how awful you are. We yeah. have two live jetters. They just said the exact same thing. Oh, awesome. Jordan says Adora just wants to ruin Camille and Amy Butterhouse says Adora was sabotaging Camille. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Aaliyah. You comment every week. Thank you so yes. much, girl. Yes. You are like on it. I love your commentary and all your comments after our episode airs too. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you, Aaliyah. Yes. So we also see this flashback of this like elaborate photo shoot that was done in this ivory room mm-hmm. and then when they walk out of the room we see a flash of the article that was written about, it was called like mm-hmm. Ivory and late, or uh, it was called Legacy and Ivory. Legacy and Ivory, mm-hmm. and yeah, Camille's not in the photo. No, she's it's not. It's just Marion and Adora. It, Camille also wasn't dressed like Marion was, so she was yeah. never even going to be in the photo. But why? So interesting. Is it because she wasn't married when she had Camille, so she was only showing off her like legacy married right. yeah. family that carries Maybe. on mm-hmm. the name. Well, yeah, because if it's called Legacy mm-hmm. and Ivory, then that's Well, so- Alan's not even in it. It's just Adora and Well, yeah, I guess because Marion would be her legacy, like, yeah. who would inherit everything eventually. Yeah. Which is sick, because Camille's still her daughter. Yeah. But she's she just- always been secluded, in, or excluded. Well, yeah, because she say. had muddy shoes on the ivory floor, and I thought Adora was going to have a heart attack. She did. <laughs> Which, and yeah, the guy like, was, <laughs> it's fine, look, it's clean. <laughs> she's like, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. So um, after that whole situation, there's Bob Nash has been drinking the whole day. He's there, obviously, the whole town is there at this I just had a day. thought, sorry. Yeah, I go was for thinking it. Adora, if I had to choose between Mommy Dearest, if you guys have ever seen that film about Joan Crawford, is that who it's about? Yes. I believe so. Yes. And Adora... 
I'll take Joan Crawford whooping me <laughs> with a wire hanger any day because I'll take a beating over this emotional, like... Abuse. Abuse any day. The yeah. bruises will go away. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, she definitely, like, <laughs> digs in there. Um, so, yeah, so where was I at? Oh, Bob Nash. So Bob Nash is drunk at the Calhoun Fest, and so everybody's watching this Calhoun Day play <laughs> that Emma was in where she plays Millie Calhoun, the woman that didn't tell on her husband and then got raped by a bunch of mm-hmm. soldiers. Mm-hmm. So um, while that's going on, Bob Nash starts to beat up John Keane because he had told Detective Willis earlier, like, there's your guy right there. So it's still, like, everybody still thinks in the town yeah. it's one or the other. Just finger pointing. Tensions are so high, everyone's just focusing on them. The yes. drinking did like, not help. No. The drinking did not help. And everybody was watching everyone so closely. It was like, Chief Vickery was watching Bob Nash mm-hmm. and John Keane and then I um, thought Chief Victory was just watching Adora the whole time. And Adora was, like, zoomed in yeah. on her butt. Yeah, it was it was very creepy. And then Emma was on stage, and you watching see a Camille. yeah, but you see a flash of her take some ecstasy with the boy that's in the play with her. Mm-hmm. So her eyes are all like, mm-hmm. do you notice that they were like, oh yeah, black. she was rolling. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she mm-hmm. was rolling. She was just like, what's going on? But mm-hmm. all she could focus on was Camille talking to the detective. Yeah. What do you guys think she was thinking? I, I was trying to figure it out. I was really having a moment where I was like, man, I wish I had siblings to better understand this because is this what sibling like uh, attention looks like? Like when you when you want your sibling's approval? Was that like a real moment for her because she was rolling? So then what she really wanted came through? Maybe. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I have a lot of siblings and never had anything yeah. interesting like this before, so I can't say that. But like, have you ever been instance. on stage and you notice your siblings not paying attention to you? Like, is that well? Is I right? think it just goes to show like she's on stage, everybody is there watching her, and yet she still doesn't feel like she has enough attention. It's or it's, power or or power mm. or anything you know it's she she needs so much just affirmation and maybe it was that these two people aren't watching either and maybe it would have been different if they were watching but you know also yeah. she's obviously very interested in the case and what's going on true so she's maybe thinking about that as well yeah, did you guys notice a little nugget, a little Easter egg? Live chatters, you can tell me that that John Capizzi kid kept coming and, and stealing things. Did you guys see oh, him? Oh yeah, he stole, he was the one who stole. And I watched it twice. Oh, I didn't realize yeah. that it was John Capizzi. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. I Wait, noticed. What was like, he stealing? He stole like a like a bottle, a like a drink, mm-hmm. and then you see him at the end when Emma. I think when Emma runs out, yeah, you see him like yeah. with his with his bag, like a grocery bag. Yeah. So I, I thought that was interesting. That. What a it was good like the, It was like the poor kid coming yeah. in and like all these rich in, people. He did it in front of Detective Willis, you know, and he just kind of watches him go by. Yeah. He sees him do it. But anyway, I thought but, that was interesting. So then Emma gets so pissed that you know, or so rolling on ecstasy that I she just like she was pieces so out. Mad, and it was like a combination of like drugs and rage that made her run off. Yeah, but I I don't know if she had a plan or if she's just like, I want to get away from here because I'm probably feeling Mm -hmm. all messed up. (laughs) She got Mm -hmm. her attention. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so she ran and everyone freaks out. Dora's like panic attack, crying hysterically. Emotion we've ever ever seen from oh, yeah. Adora. Ooh, she was like crawling cow. over the edge of the porch like hysterical. <laughs> it was like, so Emma! crazy. <laughs> so uh, Camille finds her in the hunting shed because I think she had, you know, obviously oh, known wait. that's where she plays. I just had a thought so, yeah. before we move on. When she was hysterical like that, I also thought that that was like a petty sibling moment when Camille was like, well, she probably has her other phone. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Cause yeah. Uh, uh, I yeah, was like, yeah. that is petty, Camille. You are a grown woman. What do you do? Stop it. 
Stop. Never, never. It's all for for mama's attention, you know? So, yeah, so then Adora and Camille have this drink, because after Emma's found and she's put to sleep and, you know, everybody's fussing over her, Adora's like, have a drink with me, Camille. I was like, oh, this ain't going to be good. Mm -mm. And this is where we see her, we hear her talk about her father again. So I think he's going to creep back in because (sighs) Adora basically says, like, your father is the reason why I didn't love you. Mm-hmm. I couldn't love you. So what What do you guys think he did? When she looked at Camille and said, you were born cold mm-hmm. and I was unable to love you, I was like, there's not enough therapy or drugs <laughs> yeah. in the world. <laughs> she said, to she said that. that's why I wanted to apologize. Because uh, initially okay. Camille thinks that it's about the article. But she's like, that's why I wanted to apologize because I didn't love you. Oh, it, that was so haunting and creepy. Well, but she doesn't yeah. even take ownership of not loving her own daughter. She <sighs> dumps it on her daughter. Of yeah. course. By saying you were born, a baby is not born cold. Well, she's kind of like, I just wanted you to know. I hope that gives you some <laughs> comfort. That this mm-hmm. is why. Ugh. So um, that that sparks Camille to run straight to Detective Willis's hotel room. And she gets inside. They're, they're hot and heavy within five seconds. and And then all of a sudden she's like wanting to sleep with him, but not take her clothes off, obviously. If she turns the lights off, she doesn't want mm-hmm. him to see anything. But pulls her pants down enough to where they start, you know, having sex. But she's, you know, he tries to keep undressing her. And she's like, no, my way. My way. We're going to do it my way. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I'm amazed that he can't, like, feel any bumps on her. Mm-hmm. Like, is she's she ever going to tell him? Maybe he chooses. In a sweater not to. But do you, I mean, and then when we zoom in, we see the title of the episode closer. Closer. Oh, I thought it hip. said Loser. Said closer on her hip. Oh. I saw I saw loser as well. But I, you're right. I, yeah. We just yeah. missed the C part. So, um, yeah. so I, yeah, what do you guys think? Is he, is he ever going to find out? So I wanted to, I don't know if he'll find out, but I, I think he will. But I wanted to comment on something Gillian Flynn said. Um, I watched this really cool hour-long interview again. I'll post it down below so you guys can watch it. It's with everyone. And Gillian said that all of the words written on Camille's skin are a reflection of her demons and what torture her, words that suffocate her. Mm. So, like, she has certain words that her mother would say to her growing up, and it was, like, the suffocation of her personality and her self-expression. So it's a mix of things that hold her back with things that also torture her. Like interesting, yeah. Which I thought was really interesting, and those are the words that Camille chooses to carve into her skin, and a lot of them are common phrases that you would say in the South because they were all meant to repress her, um, and she carved them into herself. Oh, I just feel for her so much. Well, that is pretty much everything that happened mm-hmm. this episode, and we're gonna have a lot more to say in predictions. But I want to get to our lovely special segment, the Feminist Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> Usually we have an extra, extra. Dang it, Tony. Okay, well, that was... That was the little jingle. You were beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. you. Thank you. So what do we have to say about Margaret Burke White? So Margaret Burke White is actually um, one of the very first photojournalists. She also did some writing, but she's most famous for her photojournalism. Um, so she was a photographer who shot the very first ever cover of Life magazine in 1936. Wow. She was also among the first women to report on wars, and she first first gained recognition as an industrial photographer in the 1920s based in Cleveland, Ohio. Margaret hailed from New York City and would return later on. So she 
uh, arrived to Ohio in 1927 and is quoted as saying, I stood on the deck to watch the city come into view. As the skyline took form in the morning mist, I felt I was coming to my promised land. Oh, that's so Columns and machinery gaining height as we drew towards the pier, Derek swinging like living creatures. And deep inside, I knew that these were my subjects. Her pioneering photographs of the steel mills and the steel mill interiors came to the attention of Henry Luce. So he would eventually bring her to New York to work on Fortune, which was a magazine drenched in the romance of industry. And later on, Henry Luce would have her as one of the four founding photographers of... Um, Life magazine. And also, Margaret was a relentless photographer and she really worked on showcasing the humanity within news reporting, specifically in mm-hmm. wars. She actually was the last person to interview and photograph Mahatma Gandhi before his assassination in India. And in 1941, she was the only American photographer on the ground in Moscow during the battle for Moscow. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, no, she's quoted as saying that no picture was ever unimportant to her, and she started the first photo lab at Life magazine, and her photos are currently displayed in museums around the country, and her photos worked to humanize the news. So if you guys want to know more about Margaret, be sure to check her out. You can actually go see her work in museums. And uh, Time magazine did a piece on her in 2016, so you can Google her and get all the facts. Awesome. So that's Margaret Burke White. You guys, <laughs> really, Tony? <laughs> that, that was supposed to be two minutes ago, but yes. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, thank you, Carolina, for thank that. Thank you, and thank you, Margaret, for your amazing work. Um, some news and gossip. Mm-hmm. After Buzz TV News. We'll make it a quick one. So Amy Adams was on Late Night with Seth Meyers this week, and she talked about being fired from some jobs early on in her career. And she's quoted as saying, one, I was bad. I mean, (laughs) I was way too young. Uh, She also said that she was fired for not being sexy enough. And Rob Lowe's uh, Rob Lowe writes about it in his book, and she says they were right. I was not sexy enough. They were right. So interesting. Yeah, and look how far she's come. So seriously, we love <laughs> we love, we you, love Amy. Amy Adams. Uh, and I mean, she's sexy in this one. I mean, in a different kind of way, you know. I just think she's a beautiful yeah. woman. I don't. Mm-hmm. But maybe when she was young, she just wasn't right. comfortable. Right. And then I can't picture her not being beautiful. I feel like that's in her head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, Jean-Marc Vallée did an interview for HBO, and he was talking about the filming of Sharp Objects. He said, there's no storyboard, there's no shot list, there's no mark, no reflector to reflect the light. We're not blocking the light. Therefore, they can go wherever they go. It's just on the day, being creative with the actors. It's all about the actors and the storytelling. Wow. So, that's incredible that they really shoot on the fly, and it shows... In you know the series, it's as real, a director it's that natural. sounds terrifying yes. to me, but also extremely exhilarating and cool. And then uh, yeah. quickly, I found a cool fan art poster on Reddit. Ooh. This was by uh, the Usher eighty eight, and it shows the silhouette of Camille in the outline of a razor blade with, of course, oh, wow. her childhood. Wow. Uh, home and I, I thought this was a really cool fan art poster. And lastly, there was a tweet by Amy Avkar, and she said, "Imagine if Rachel McAdams had played the detective on Sharp Objects, the power that would have had." Uh, I, I thought mean, that Camille was interesting. Would have also been I, a lesbian. Yeah, that's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I love Rachel McAdams, and I love Spotlight. And that's yeah. what that looks like. That's what that picture's right, from. But. Right. But I thought that was interesting yeah. to think about. 
But I, I think Amy Adams is doing mm-hmm. a wonderful job. So Love I it. like seeing her in this role. No, I thought. Wait, as the detective, I thought that she meant as oh, the guy, they, oh, like the detective. Oh, no, right, that's right, what right, they right. mean. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, the, not oh, not yes. without Amy. But I was like, is she in, taking Amy's job? No, wow. in compliment to, mm. so not as the journalist, oh, but as the guy, as the detective. And it would have cool. been a lesbian And that's why thing, I was like, oh, well, she would have also been a man. That would have been even way more to unpack with her mother. Oh, that the South, could you imagine? Okay. Bless. We get you now. Yes. I like that comparison. That would have been awesome. Uh, what a dynamic pairing, though. I'd love to see Rachel and Amy yeah. in those Two like great actresses. roles. Mm-hmm. Which uh, Rachel actually recently did a, a lesbian themed film with the Rachel Weiss. Yes, called uh, Disobedience. Yeah, if you want to check great. it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, we have some time to do some predictions for next week. And now you're after us. <laughs> So we only have dun, dun, three dun. episodes left in the series, and this is at the point in Big Little Lies, I remember, where stuff started to get really heated and moving a lot mm-hmm. quicker. So, girls, um, Heather, you want to start with what you think is going to happen? Yes, I want some facts in this case. We see in the trailer that they find a bike in the lake, so I think we're going to get some new information on that, which I'm really excited about, and hopefully people will stop obsessing over Bob Nash and John Keane. <laughs> yeah. so. Move on to somebody else. Um, you know, I'm starting to doubt my idea that Alan is the killer. It's becoming too easy, especially with the creepy shack so close to their house. Um, I don't know. I think it was a woman. Like, it's really pushing me towards women. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I, I think there's a lot of spite um, and uh, towards women and because they're female victims. Mm -hmm. I don't disagree with that. Uh, I think a lot more with Jackie is going to be revealed and a lot more about Camille's dad. I think maybe he is a key piece in this case or in her past and why she is the way she is as Adora said. So I hope we get to know a little bit more about some of these other characters that we have not learned too much about so far. Um, And that is our show everybody. Ladies, where can we find you on social media? Miss Heather. You can find me at 500 Days of Heather on Instagram. Hey guys, I'm Carolina Benetti. You can find me at Carolina Benetti on Twitter, LenaBean113 on Instagram, and I did the Unproduced Table Read this week on Popcorn Talk. So be sure to YouTube it or download it on iTunes. We did a pilot called Caron. Check it out. It's really cool. It's with Jeff Graham, Roxy Stryer. Check it out. Very cool. And you guys can find me on Twitter at LesliePowers15 and on Instagram at LMPowers15. And we will see you next week for episode six. Thank you guys so much. Please keep commenting, like, subscribe, rate us on iTunes. We love you guys so much. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. Oh, 